Hello, my friend. This is Clyde. Tough talk for modern man. We're reading Psalm 1. Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the path of sins, nor sits in the seat of the soul. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law he meditates day and night. He shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that brings forth its fruit in its season, whose leaf also shall not wither, and whatever he does shall prosper. The ungodly or the wicked are not so, but are like the shaft which the wind drives away. Therefore, the ungodly shall not stand in the judgment, nor sinners in the congregation of the righteous. For the Lord knows the way of the righteous, but the way of the ungodly shall perish. This is an unconventional way to start any literary work. We don't hear a welcome. We don't get a preview of what to expect. We don't experience a light or warm and fuzzy introduction. The collection of Psalms starts on a tough note. You are jolted into a space that demands that you sit up, pay close attention, because the next several minutes are going to be life-changing. It is someone like a boot camp or a stern college professor with a bow tie who walks in on the first day of a graduate class and begins the lecture. A hush descends over the room. Then, as it does now. My friend, if that is a setting, may I give you one simple advice? Forget about everyone else in the room. Today, it is all about you. The speaker starts with a descriptive statement. Blessed is the man who so right away, you realize that this is going to be about you, directed at you, demanding you to make a choice. So tell us about this blessed is the band scenario. If he does not ever hang out with or listens to people who are wicked, malicious, horrible, if he does not find himself among people who are God-haters, and if he does not become comfortable around people whose lives are going nowhere soon, then he is called blessed, highly favored, someone who is doing well or will do well in life. Wow. Okay, so I know who he is talking about. A good, morally upright, sober, and spiritual person. With that kind of opening statement, I must be still because I'm not that man yet. And I don't want people around me to judge me in the event that they start judging me by my reactions. Before I do, let me listen to the rest of the poem. Continuing with the model man around here, Mr. Nice Guy is totally devoted to read and live and, and practice the teachings of the Bible. That's what make him blessed. Well, it is something to consider, something to aspire to. <clears throat> he clears his throat, indicating that that was not the end. What else can be said of this model Christian, this nice guy who does not hang out with unbelievers and who chooses friends who are of the same mind as him? I love what comes next. Seriously, our outstanding man is compared to a tree, but not any old tree. This tree, which is planted on the banks of a stream flowing for miles and miles, is distinguished in three regards. One, this tree produces desirable fruits. Nothing is said about the fruit except to say that the fruits are always on time. Fruits 
coming in the right season. The leaves of this tree do not wither because there's always water. Water brings nourishment and it seems like that is its condition all year round. What this tree, <clears throat> I mean this man has above all things, is that it looks the part of prosperity. Prosperity in the true sense of the word suggests that this man is living a good life, that he lacks nothing and wants nothing. All his life are taken care of. All his needs are taken care of. Bills are paid. House is secured. Children are thriving. Wife is healthy. Life is very good towards him. He's prosperous. And why so? Because he made a choice sometime in the past to separate himself from the wicked, from unbelievers, and from people who have no desire to serve God. Our guy serves God. Our guy meditates on his Bible. That is where he has been drawing food from, the undiluted word of God. It is not just reading. Rather, he practices a lifestyle that God expects and that is part of the scriptures. Number two, just when you thought it was all about you, the writer talks about another man. He uses the same word in the beginning of this story, the wicked or the ungodly. He's going to be roasted. What happens to the wicked? He is compared to, of all things, the ch chaff, the weak excuse of plant. Chaff is weak and lacking in strength. Chaff survives when the day is calm and there is no breeze, but the chaff dreads the sound and sight of wind because it cannot withstand the pressure. The wicked is that person who is weak in character and moral fortitude, and anything that comes his way, as long as it is not godly, takes the chaff and lands it elsewhere. The wicked cannot stand with dignity when he is in the company of good and godly people, and certainly any assessment of his life against biblical standards will surely fail. So what is the outcome? The model believer is under the protective eye of God, the one who watches over his children day and night. Meanwhile, the wicked or the ungodly has one ending to look forward to. He will perish or he will be totally destroyed. The secret of this prose narrative is that it is an accurate depiction of the gospel of Christ. Jesus offers the world the option of becoming like the character who consciously serves God and God is pleased with that person. The ungodly, on the other hand, despite the pleasures he engages in, and he perishes. This is tough talk, but necessary for you and everyone else.